Well, my name's Carly on the Wake with Jake show. 93.3 Jake FM here in Oklahoma City has teamed up with doctors Kathy and Kevin Duty from down in Texas. And these are some, this was an interesting proposal. Uh, they reached out to us wanting to give away effortless IVF. They have a fertility clinic. And in fact, they have a success story here in the Oklahoma metro area. So we'll be talking with those folks here in just a little bit, Ryan and Lacey. But today I want you all to uh, introduce yourself and kind of tell us about how you got into uh, the fertility business. I'm Kathy Duty, um, and my husband Kevin and I started Care Fertility in 1989. Um, we're really excited to be here to share our effortless IVF uh, story with you. So effortless IVF is a way to, well, try to make IVF effortless, so more affordable, more accessible, something that more patients can take advantage of. So what makes it effortless? Is this a different technique that is groundbreaking to some extent? So it's a streamlined process. Um, IVF, as it, as it has evolved, is, is actually kind of complicated. It typically would require multiple visits to the physician for monitoring the response to fertility drugs. And then a lot of what happens in the laboratory would be would be very complex. So what we've done is we've streamlined both ends, both the um, stimulation, the production of the eggs, as well as the laboratory component and, and, and doing it in a more natural way. So this eliminates multiple visits like you would have with what you, how would you refer to that as normal IVF? We call it conventional IVF for lack of a better term, but in a conventional IVF cycle, a woman might make six to eight visits to her doctor's office, and those would involve blood draws plus ultrasounds. Um, And so with the effortless IVF, it's two to three sonograms, and there are no no blood draws. And so it really is... um, a personalized dosing protocol for the patient, but they know in advance when their appointments are going to occur. And that really makes it much easier um, to work your health care, your fertility care into your everyday schedule. So is this something that would reduce the visits by 50% maybe? More than 50%. More than 50%. We're we're taking advantage of a relatively newly developed test called AMH that's um, good predictor of of the egg supply and we use that in the context of the patient's body weight to preset a dose so that we don't have to do all the monitoring that typically is done. So you're kind of working on what might be a sliding scale for each person. Exactly. exactly. We're individualizing. What made you all get into this kind of business? Well, we met during um, residency. Um, Kevin was a year ahead of me. Um, we started going out my first year of fellowship, uh, and then we were actually married a year to the day, uh, almost of our first date. Um, And I think what drew both of us to the field was that, you know, it's really uh, one of the best areas of OBGYN. You get to help people create their family. Um, And as Kevin mentioned, it's a technology that has really changed over the last 30 years. Um, I think both of us have felt very passionately that having your family should not be something that's dictated by how much money someone makes. I mean, that should be really a right of everyone to have that ability. And so um, as we probably talk a little bit more about the effortless story, when um, the endocell, it's a small 
device that allows vaginal culture. When we were approached about that in late 2013, we thought, well, this might be um, the answer to that um, conundrum that we had been facing for years. It's really hard to watch couples not be able to access care, and cost is a major issue. Along with that would be distance to an IVF clinic. You know, Texas is a huge state, and so some patients are traveling, you know, eight hours and have out nearby states that, that need care. There are places in the United States states, entire states, that do not even have an IVF clinic. That's insane. And I think I was drawn, actually I know I was drawn into this field during medical school. So I was actually intending to become a general surgeon, but I did a rotation with a fertility specialist. And at that point I recognized how rewarding it was. Now, there are a lot of fields in, in medicine that are that are rewarding, but this one in particular, helping people build families. And, and different from a lot of um, other specialties, we really know whether we're successful or not with a given right. patient. We're either able to help them have a, have a child or not. It's a very binary outcome and, and, again, very rewarding. Is there a twofold to it, too? Do you ever see the struggles of families? And is, is there a certain kind of sting that comes with that, knowing that you've got these people who are so desperate to try to build their family? I mean, absolutely. And and sometimes it can require more than one time, which is why we want to make it easy and affordable. And, and um, it's, it's not something that works every single time. But. So with conventional IVF, what is the cost on that? What's the time frame that a, a couple, typical couple would have to so, go through? So a cost with conventional IVF around the country probably ranges between fifteen and $20,000. And a cycle of effortless IVF is about $8,500. And that's a huge, huge difference. Um, we've had many couples say, gosh, if this weren't available, we don't know how long it would have taken us um, to save up. And uh, so, you know, my personal dream is that it would be wonderful if a couple could do an effortless IVF cycle, um, create several embryos, transfer, have a baby, come back and use frozen embryos um, to expand their family and perhaps never spend as much money as they would have for just one conventional IVF cycle. I think that would be huge. So could this possibly, is this a little foreshadowing for how you all plan to uh, expand in the future? Well, we already have had patients that have come back for their second second, second and, really? and, and many patients, I think we had one patient that had 20 embryos ultimately frozen. I'm not saying all 20 of those right. would make babies, but in all likelihood, you know, when, when you make more than five or eight or ten embryos you're you're likely to be especially in a younger woman you're likely to be able to to you know find a solution for helping them create their entire family now you pulled out something to me that looked like it came from a 50 cent machine but i met you in the lobby you pulled it from your pocket and i wasn't quite sure what i was looking at so yeah, you're, so this I, is about I've never two heard it inches. expressed like that. Well, but yes, it could come out of a gumball machine, perhaps. <laughs> it's about two inches, two inches in, in height. It's a small little device that fits in your hand. Right. Or- so, so there's an inner part that is the actual incubator, and this is so we mix the sperm and the egg together for five minutes, and then and then put them into this part, and then it goes into an outer capsule. The only purpose of which is to keep the inner part sterile. Okay. And then this is placed into the woman's vagina. So the fertilization and embryo development happens over the next five days using the body's natural 
temperature pattern using the 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 clean air that the woman is filtering you know by her lungs kidney and liver etc so it uh, I mentioned before that it's more natural it really is it uses the woman's body in a very natural way to provide the right environment for the and, and since we before we place the eggs and sperm into the device we incubate them in a test tube for about five minutes and then we immediately transfer the eggs and then put the device into the woman so truly the eggs fertilize in her body albeit the vagina not in the fallopian tube but still a very common um, refrain from women that have gone through effortless IVF is it feels more natural. I feel like I have playing more of a part in my bo- my, my baby's creation than I would have um, otherwise. Is that something that a lot of your patients struggle with when they come to see you? Is that ever a concern of theirs on how they carry that baby? I think everyone desires to do things more naturally these days and and I think it's a it's a big appeal for a lot of patients, and and they they know that that their embryo is not off somewhere in a distance and in, in an incubator with other embryos from other people. It's just comforting, I think, for yeah. many patients. I also think it's important. Kevin brought up the point that we've had some you know patients who have had lots of embryos, and. Effortless IVF is is not a, quote, minimal stimulation. Uh, So sometimes an IVF, uh, when you talk about more affordable IVF clinics, will advocate a minimal stimulation where the woman's getting, you know, really very few eggs. And by choosing um, certain patient parameters, and, and as Kevin mentioned, the egg reserve check, the egg count blood test, and her body weight and BMI, we can get we can actually dose them in a way that is very similar to how I would start with a quote conventional IVF and I think that that's a very important point to make about the effortless um, IVF we don't want to make it cheaper by skimping on things right. to, to get a lesser outcome we or- want to make it as effective as um, possible and actually when we began the journey and 2013 and we looked at quite a few things before we actually put some patients through but we took 40 women and we treated them exactly identically except at the very end when the decision was made to do the egg retrieval they were randomized half of them had a conventional IVF in the laboratory the other half had a culture using the endocell device so did you do your own study of sorts we, we kind did of? we did we 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 um Got the devices. This was not approved by the FDA, but we, but yeah, it it is now. But we were able to get the devices from the manufacturer, and then we self-funded the study because our our mission is improving access to care. And so we looked at this idea of the streamlined stimulation, and as as Kathy says, we randomized, and what we found is we had identical outcomes. We had seventy percent pregnancy rate in both groups. The conventional incubator approach compared to the vaginal approach. Live birth rate was 60% you know, after miscarriages in the conventional and 55 in the vaginal incubator, but we actually had more babies with the vaginal incubator because of higher twins. Um, so we, we saw it worked as well. 
But that year, in 2014, we presented presented it at our major meeting, and there was a little blurb written up in The Economist that fall that said maybe this is IVF of the future. So we wow. were, you know, and it's, it's taken several years, but I, I so believe that this concept is almost like a grassroots approach that is really the story is being shared by patients. So Lacey and, and Ryan yes. to be so willing to share their story is really what um, will help, I hope now, make this something that people in Oklahoma, couples in Oklahoma, see um, as their option. And I will say, Lacey, when she left us after her last Obisano at that moment said, I really want to give away a cycle in Oklahoma. And we said, we can absolutely do that if you will. And she, you know, I don't know how she does it. She's got her business, <laughs> bath sorbet, other children, adorable baby, wonderful husband. And yet she's made the time to come and do this um, with us. And so we really, really appreciate that. Well, we're super excited to, to shine some light on a topic that I think has been taboo for probably way too long. I think that there is an insecurity that, that I can imagine, um, you know, even people who go through miscarriages, I think sometimes yeah. that's a secret battle that they don't share, yeah. as well as um, dealing with infertility. But I do want to uh, touch on a, a, something that you brought up about the simulation. You said that with effortless IVF, you're not minimizing any of, of what you would get with tr uh, the conventional. What is the stimulation that you're referring to? Is there something that has to happen with the woman's body to... So fertility injections are given that mimic the hormones that are normally made by your brain. Um, and so the number of days of injections to stimulate the ovaries is typically between 10 and 12 days. Now, the injections are easy to take. Um, they're given with a very small needle. Um, so most you know, patients find that not to be too difficult. But if we didn't use those injections to stimulate the ovaries, then we wouldn't be able to obtain you right. know, several eggs. So just a backdrop. So the average egg isn't necessarily healthy. So only about mm, maybe two out of three eggs will fertilize. And of those that fertilize, only about two out of three will grow and develop into an embryo. And not all of those embryos are healthy. And so in order to optimize the likelihood of success, instead of just the one egg that a woman would be releasing normally in a month, we're, we're trying to gain a numerical advantage and, and six, eight, 10 or even more eggs obviously gives us a much better success rate. I can imagine that this draws people not just from the state of Texas, because for something like this not being offered in Oklahoma, and of course, Oklahoma's economy is quite different than the rest of the country, and it's always like that, and you probably know um, being in Texas, but I would imagine that that would be worth the trip. Short little drive down. I mean, it's, what, three and a half hours from Oklahoma City to right. Texas. I mean, it seems like that would be well worth it to have treatments that are going to be half of the treatments, half of the cost. We've had patients come from all over the country. A couple of weeks ago, I had a couple come from Minnesota. So this is not yeah. something that's being offered everywhere. Hawaii, we've had all over the East Coast, um, as far away as Washington, Oregon. We've had inquiries from outside the country, which I don't know. It seems to me that's a long way to try. But you bring up the point about Oklahoma and, and Texas is the same way. So what's important, I think, for people to recognize is that the way IVF has evolved, unfortunately, many people can't afford it. There are a few states that 
mandate insurance coverage where if you're infertile, then the insurance companies will pay for an in vitro fertilization cycle. But if you look at the utilization of IVF in those states compared with, say, Oklahoma or Texas, we're at about 25%, meaning that if we were just to continue the the old-fashioned conventional IVF route, three-quarters of the people that need this type of treatment are, are priced out of the market. So we, we really felt... Uh, you know, that the onus is on us to make it more affordable and make it more widely accessible. Now, do couples who are wanting to get effortless IVF, do they need to also kind of work in conjunction with maybe a local OBGYN that that may be delivering them? Or, or how, do, how does that work up until the delivery point? Well, we, we don't deliver babies. Uh, so yeah. general, uh, about nine weeks of pregnancy, we send the couple back. Um, and to, then you're good. Then we're good. But, of course, we, we love the baby pictures. We, we love seeing I how these children grow up. I noticed that when I went up. to fetch you all in the waiting room that I didn't even know where you were. I thought, well, maybe she's the nanny because your hands were just all over the baby. But and Adorable. I does it? What does it feel like when you see that family do, do they come back with their child? Do you ever get emails or really cool stories from, from people who have just said, thank you so much? We do. And after, I mean, 30 years now in the field, we're getting lots of uh, college graduation announcements now and even announcements that they're getting married and starting their own family. And as speaking as parents ourselves with, you know, two children, I every time I see that, I think, you know, how... Um, how exciting their life is about to be because I think being a parent is probably the biggest joy you ever experience. Um, and you touched on the fact that previously fertility care was kind of a taboo subject and things like miscarriage you feel kind of out of the view of everyone else. And we actually had six losses between our two um, children. And so I, I really... Um, appreciate how hard um, couples will work to try to, you know, ultimately be successful. What do you think would change the landscape of that kind of cultural norm where people feel like they can talk about some of these topics? I think it's getting better. I, I would yeah. say over the last 30 years, um, yeah, people didn't want to tell their, even their family, much less their friends. And, and I think um, there has been more publicity with people that are celebrities coming out sometimes and talking about the difficulties they've experienced in, in uh, infertility. And, and so in general, it's there's there's not the stigma, I think, that existed 30 years ago, but we're not we're not completely there. I've not, noticed some changes with it. I think you're right about that. Yeah, we're not there yet. But it's that narrative that, again, I think there's a very large online community of women in the United States who are really interested in the InvoCell device. And I think the more that they talk, uh, the more noise, so to speak, right. that they make, you know then, that, then that is what will really change the course of fertility care. And I think that will um, help more clinics and physicians, you know, become interested in this option. Um, and again, it doesn't replace conventional IVF. There are p patients who they're not a candidate for effortless IVF. But I've also noticed that just knowing that there's this possibility out there mm -hmm. has brought some couples in to talk. And they're really not candidates, but they 
will say, okay, I, I see I should do conventional IVF, but it's almost as if that hope brought them back in um, to meet with a physician. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I, I really do think as, as when we go to medical school, we become a physician, our, our, our promise is that we're going to do what's in the best interest for the patients. We're going to, to come up with the simplest, easiest care that gets them to their goal. That's great. Recently, I, I'm not sure if you all are country music fans, so we're just going to pretend like you are. Oh, I am. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Underwood recently was talking about her infertility issues, infertility issues I would have had no idea about. I had no idea that she had her first son and that they tried and they tried and they tried and she had had miscarriages. In this whole time, we're wondering, as people in the music industry, why hasn't she put out new records? Why hasn't she been in the news? There's all these things going on behind the scenes that sometimes things are a private matter. But once she started talking about things and her issues, the other people that commented were, it was really kind of amazing to kind of watch that unfold. I think sometimes people think they're alone and, and yeah. celebrities coming out like that is, is really a good thing. One out of seven couples experience infertility, pregnancy loss, difficulty, difficulty building their family. So it's not a rare, it's not a rare condition. It is. I just want to make this point. I've had this happen in my life with friends um, where strangers had said to a, a couple, well, when are you guys going to have a kid? And sometimes it's just not that they haven't tried. Right. You know, and I th I would like to see that changed. And people are well-intended, but advice like, oh, you just need to relax or you need to go on vacation and you, it'll happen. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. and those are hard words to hear. So when you're when you're struggling and so probably it's always best to be a little careful how you yeah. raise that topic with someone that you care about yeah or even a casual friend do you all have a recommendation of uh, a website that people could go to for a forum of some sort or to your website to different information like who could be a candidate for this so, and so there's good information in a lot of places certainly our website effortlessivf.com is a good source for this particular type of um, treatment that we're talking about this morning. Um, the There's a patient um, support group that's been around now for well over 30 years called Resolve. And so they're, I think they're a good place to go as is the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and, and SART, the Society for Assisted Reproductive Technology. Some very good information on their websites. Awesome. I think patients need to, to remember information is power. So the more you you know, you read, the more questions you ask, um, the better you'll be able to decide your journey. And um, I always tell patients there's no such thing as a stupid question. And I think, you know, in this particular area of medicine, it's very different than going in to see if you got the flu, right? They swab right. your nose, they run the test, they say, oh, you do, here's your medicine, here's a sheet, you're out the door. But this is a very much more complex um, question for couples to answer. And so I think, you know, go in armed to, to your physician, write down your questions, don't be afraid to go back and ask more. Um, and it's, I think that is really what helps you decide a path that, all, you know, is going to give you your best chance for success. And one thing that I'd like to put out there is that, um, you know, it's okay to wait a little while before seeking um, a specialist in this area, but fertility success rates go down dramatically as women get older. So I would encourage 
women not to wait until their later 30s or 40s before they before they start to entertain the idea of getting help. And because this isn't a one-size-fits-all with fertility, you can't right. just say, here's a drug for the woman to take, here's something for the man to take, right. much more. Absolutely not. There are mul- multiple factors that go into play when you're looking at an infertile couple. And as Kevin said, you know, the sooner you seek um, advice and assistance, the greater the chances someone will be successful. So we're excited to be the conversation starter. So this is going to be exciting. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you for having us. I hope us. you guys come back and see us again. We'd, We'd love, love to. to.